welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. Hi guys, happy Wednesday. I hope everyone is doing okay and just getting used to this weird new life. Um, I apologize for not uploading an episode last week. Usually there's an episode every Wednesday. Unfortunately, last week that just wasn't happening. Um, But today I'm back and every week moving forward, I will have a new episode for you guys on Wednesdays. And this week's episode is, I can't even put into words how life-changing this healing story is. I have never heard something like it in my life. And I just can't wait for you all to hear how this woman recovered, healed, gained all every aspect of her life back. I mean, my jaw was dropped the entire time that we were talking. So... I am just so lucky that I connected with her and that she was willing to share her story and come on the podcast. And I mean, I was just editing this episode earlier today and it was like I was listening to it for the first time all over again. It's so fascinating, so interesting, so moving. I mean, incredible in every way, shape and form. And there's really been nothing like this on the podcast before. So I cannot wait for you all to hear. I also want to quickly tell you that for those of you who are familiar with the membership platform that we had on Patreon, um, so we decided to shut down Patreon and recreate a new membership subscription on the VHive's website. So this was a a lot of thought went into doing this. Um, There was a lot of reasons to it, but essentially for those of you who were a member of the VHive on Patreon, you all got an email. And for those of you who are we're not a member who aren't members. I just want to tell you about our new membership platform that is so awesome and so much work went into this. So essentially, to give you a quick little idea of what becoming a member of the VHive looks like, it's $9.99 a month and you receive a lot of incredible content emailed to you on the last day of every month. So what these things include are recipes that are gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, just very healthy recipes. Um, You get a bonus AMA Ask Me Anything episode where you will be able to send in all of your questions and I will answer them. 
You get full transcripts of every single episode, written transcripts. You get exclusive discount codes to my favorite products. So that's pretty cool because there are a lot of products that I love and that I have discount codes for. So that will all be shared with you. And also I will be writing an article every single month featuring my highlights, tips, exclusive health and wellness content, lifestyle advice, supplements I'm taking, products I'm using, everything that I have done each month that I've learned, discovered, and love. I'll be sharing it all with you. So you can subscribe to The Beehive to receive all of this content every month. It's pretty cool if I must say so myself. And obviously becoming a member really helps to support the Hive. helps us to continue to produce this content to spread awareness to grow the platform the podcast and just grow our mission um, of educating women on their bodies and helping women to heal and just live happy and healthy lives so check out our membership at www.thevhive.com backslash memberships and all the information is there. If you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at the VHive or send us an email to info at the Without further ado, let's get into this week's freaking incredible episode. Today I am here with Whitney Rydman. She is going to share her journey with chronic pain, interstitial cystitis and really just tell us how she healed and how she got to where she is today. I'm so excited to have you here. I recently just discovered who you were. Um, I had Nicole Sachs, and we're going to get into all of this, but I had Nicole Sachs on the podcast many months ago. And then when I saw you guys do an Instagram live together, I heard most of your story, not all of it, but enough to know that I needed you to come on and just share your story with this whole community because it's amazing and I know it will resonate and help so many people. So thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, I mean, we could, I'm sure all of us could go on about our entire stories for hours and hours and hours, but tell it, like, start from the beginning and as detailed, but concise as you can make it what what did you go through and kind and we'll go through everything step by step but where like where and why did did this begin and what what was it that began yeah sure no problem (laughs) okay so um this was back in 2017 um I had just gotten married and we bought a house and we moved into this house and like all these things were going great in my life. And just kind of prior to that, I'd had a really tough, um, like five or six years, just, I went through a lot of trauma. Um, I became a single mom. There was just sort of a lot of chaos and uncertainty and, um, just really stressful times for me. And I met my husband and everything, you know, we, we got married, everything was great. My life was starting to kind of you know, just feel like stable and positive again. We bought a house, we moved in, everything was, you know, kind of like, yay, it's my happy ending. Everything's great now. (laughs) And six months later, um, after moving into our new house, 
I woke up one day and I just had what I thought was a UTI. And so, you know, I've had plenty of those in my life and I felt like, okay, I know the drill. I'm going to let my doctor know. I'm going to get antibiotics, whatever. So um, I let my doctor know and I got on antibiotics and I didn't feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually within a couple days I do. And this time I didn't. So I was on the antibiotics for about a week and I finished them and I still had the same symptoms. So in the beginning, my symptoms were, you know, the urgency, the, the burning, just kind of some lower abdominal, like pelvic, um, just aching, you know, mm-hmm. just discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't anything severe, but it was annoying. Right. Um, so I, I wasn't really in a lot of pain. I was just uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, the first round of antibiotics, nothing changed. I went back, they tested my urine, it was negative. So there was no infection, Mm -hmm. but I still had symptoms. So, you know, of course, just dealing with it the way I've always dealt with it and the way that I've always dealt with any physical issue. It's like, I need to keep going to the doctor until this gets fixed. Right. So I went back, um, they gave me another round, a different antibiotic, still didn't get better. Um, I ended up, um, you know, they checked me for kidney stones. So we did like a CAT scan nothing, everything was fine. So then that really, after a process of elimination, I, you know, was sent to a urologist and she specializes in interstitial cystitis. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, basically I went and met with her and she diagnosed me and said, well, you know, everything's normal. Your urine's clear, you know, um, your CAT scan's clear. Um, so, at this point, I think I'd been having symptoms for three months, so it was like, okay, that's kind of how they diagnose you. It's like right. it's a process of elimination, mm-hmm. um, and you know, they sometimes they'll go in and look in your bladder, um, but they don't have to to diagnose you, and they can go in and look in your bladder, and it looks normal, and you can still be diagnosed with it. So it's kind of from what she explained, sort of a useless mm-hmm. procedure because, to get a diagnosis. So I didn't want to do that procedure. It was very invasive. Um, so, yeah, she basically told me, you have this disease. We don't know what causes it. There's no cure. Um, I asked her, well, what are my treatment options? And, you know, it was either some medications with side effects or it was, um, you know, that thing where they go in and they like put lidocaine in your bladder, mm-hmm. like installations. They, you know, they, yeah, installations. And I don't know, like just at the time, it just she she kind of didn't sound like, you know, she's like it, sometimes it helps and sometimes it makes it worse. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't, you know, it's not very like <laughs> that's not helpful. You're not giving me a lot of hope, yeah. you know. So I just. Um, you know, she said the first thing you should try is your diet, mm-hmm. change your diet. So she gave me this packet of like, the here's all the food diet. you need and here's all the food. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was trying to adjust to that. Um, but obviously this, you know, anyone who's gotten this diagnosis, like can relate that it's devastating because yeah. you're, you know, <laughs> you feel like this is sort of, I'm doomed forever Mm -hmm. and I'm never going to be able to eat the things I want. And this is my life now. Mm -hmm. 
And did you notice anything to... different with, with when you used that or went on the ICU diet? I got worse. Yeah. So I got worse after my diagnosis, mm-hmm. and I can explain why yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. later as I talk about my healing. But it's very normal to get right. worse when you get diagnosed with something like this mm-hmm. because the fear. Um, there's fear. And yeah. yeah. So I got worse and I was living in fear. I was doing a very restrictive diet and I tried the IC diet. I tried the paleo. I tried like everything. Mm-hmm. I tried um, alkaline. I tried um, just like five or yeah. six diets. Me too. <laughs> and I and I would and I would do them for you know like few months at a time to like really give it a chance and it just I I didn't get better I got worse and worse yeah um and I couldn't connect any obvious relation to food like I kept trying like I I because I was just like constantly in pain and flaring there was mm-hmm. no break so I couldn't like tell is this even helping or is anything even making it worse like there's just no definitive right clear like reaction when you say when you say worse like where you started did the urgency and frequency turn into bladder pain yes Uh so then I started developing extreme bladder pain Mm -hmm. and pelvic pain and even my tailbone um just all in that whole region Mm -hmm. um was yeah I mean I would spend like (laughs) I would spend hours just sitting on the toilet because it was the only way I could get relief if I just could relax and like let any drop come out because it just felt so extreme. Like I had to go. Um, I tried, you know, taking hot baths and just, I tried supplements. I tried, you know, the aloe vera. I tried, um, you know, what feels like everything, everything. Yeah. Um, when I can't even remember a lot of them now, there's like the marshmallow roots. Mm-hmm. Like I tried everything, mm-hmm. like literally everything. Did you ever do um, PT? Yes, mm-hmm. I tried that too. They told me to go get checked out. So then I went they're like, oh yeah, you have pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay, great. Now I have another diagnosis on right. top of this other one. So, you know, I went in, I would get worse after I went into PT. Mm-hmm. I would, I would feel worse after and I wasn't getting anywhere, and I thought, well, maybe I just have a crappy, you know, PT. physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So let me try a new one. And I tried four different ones, and I just never – every time I would go through a period of going, I felt like I just wasn't getting better. I was getting worse. Yeah. And so it was really frustrating because I was trying everything. Like, and everything I was trying, I felt like I just kept getting worse, and I just kept getting more despair. And that's um, the I, worst I, feeling because then you just it, – it's like you're doing something, you think it's going to help, and then you get let down. And then you do something else, you think it's going right. to help, and oh, then you get yeah. even more let down. And it's just yeah. like – yeah, I've been through that cycle, and I know so many listeners of the podcast have, and it's like – it's a really bad it's cycle. So hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And you get so depressed. You know, I mean, I was like day-to-day like a 7 or 8 out of 10 in pain, and, you know, I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. Like, I have kids. And I want to talk about that. That's one of my questions later on, but yeah, that's not easy. Yeah, right. And so there was all this guilt of like, wow, I can't really be involved, like, engaged, you know, and be the mom I want to be. And, you know, there was, um, I had to go on disability for a while because like, I just couldn't, I couldn't work. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was taking over my life. It was yeah. all consuming. 
it's all I could think about. It's all I could talk about. It was all I could feel. It, my whole day was centered around it. Like everything I ate, everything I did, every move I made was completely centered around my pain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the fear, the fear of I can't go swimming. Right. I can't go in hot tubs. I can't clean my house because movement could flare me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was just so much fear. And, um, you know, I was in a couple of groups on Facebook and I'm going to name them here because I'm sure there's people out there that were also in these groups. Mm -hmm. Um, so healing I see naturally was one of them. And then, Oh gosh, I think I was in a pelvic floor dysfunction for a women group. And those were the main ones, the healing I see naturally a friend of mine, um, actually a neighbor, um, told me about it mm-hmm. when I got diagnosed and she's like, Oh, there's all these people who healed in here, go in this group. And that group was like, <laughs> it was so depressing. I was because... about, I was about, that was my question for you is, did you find them helpful or depressing? Well, I found it helpful in the beginning and that there were people who said, if you do this diet or this thing, you'll heal like me. But I didn't. And so then I just, but overwhelmingly to me, it was just more misery than mm-hmm. positivity. And there yeah. were just people in there saying things like, I've been in pain for 25 years. Yeah. And it was I've just like, it. oh my gosh, you know, like it, you know, and they, they were talking about, you know, we lost a member to suicide. And like I it know. was just, it was, it was a dark hole. I've and, seen all of and, this. And oh, I feel of- very strongly about about that as well. I mean, look, yeah. and it's like, who am I to say if someone did find something helpful in one of the groups that ultimately really helped them? That's amazing. But yeah, yeah. I, I've been in a lot of the groups, too. And I'm like, this is just not productive to read about people who have been in right. pain for 25 years. That's not going to make me feel right. like right. I'm going to get better. <laughs> Yeah, the moderations of those groups. I mean, it's interesting because it's it's a group that literally starts with the word healing. Mm-hmm. I see naturally, but it didn't feel like a healing place. Mm-hmm. It felt like a place where everybody's stuck and just throwing out anything and everything that they think might help. And you know, it's it's honestly it's a shit show yeah. because it's just a bunch of people freaking out, trying to figure this out. They don't know what to do and bless them because they're scared and it sucks but like you know you get all these people like I remember one day I posted something like I was having a better day and I thought maybe it was because I did this thing and all these people were like no it's not because of that and and it's because of this and 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 then I was scared again and it's like it just it wasn't helpful so I didn't you know at the time I wasn't I was so new to this and mm-hmm. I, you know, this was all new to me, just like anyone really that gets diagnosed. And so, you know, I think in hindsight, looking back, like I thought that I was helping myself by being in there. And I thought that I was potentially going to find a way out or get support, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it was nice to know I wasn't alone, but I mean, it just, it just became another way for me to obsess about it yeah. and, you know, talk about it and, so anyway, I um, think I want to interrupt for one second. I think that yeah, another yeah. problem with the groups is that personally what I I this is just my personal belief is that 
the people that are in them and I actually had a urologist once on the podcast who made such a good point he was like the people that are in these Facebook groups are the ones that are not well because that's why they're in them he's like do you know how many patients I have had who have been cured and then they go on with their life and they don't they forget about that this ever happened so the ones that are in all the groups are the ones who are still suffering and as you said it's they're in there because they're suffering and they want help and it's not their fault but at the same time you're like putting yourself into a situation where people are in pain are of course unhappy angry and like it's hard to imagine that some miracle is going to come from that yeah well and you know now that I'm where I am and I'll continue on with my story with Mm -hmm. that but like looking back it's like I see that it's just so full of so much misinformation in those groups and I'll tell you right now that all the diets all that crap it's bullshit it's bullshit Mm -hmm. like 100% like you know, you'll see I have a very strong stance on all of this because I've had to do so much research myself and I've also had to get to where I am now by understanding what was really going on with me. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of, it took a lot of work. So can I ask you um, one question? Yeah. Um, what was, cause you mentioned that you were newly married when this all started to unravel. So I want you yeah. to talk for a minute about what it was like being newly married and just having a husband who was in this with you. Like how, yeah. Oh, how, yeah, it's, it's so hard because yeah, we were newly married and it's like, of course with this, I didn't want to have sex, like sex, you know, I would have sex and I would feel worse after. And, yeah. um, you know, it really like put a damper on our intimate life and, I mean, not even, it's like, I just didn't even have a break where I felt good enough to even try. And then like, if I did and I tried, I'd get worse. And then it was like, this isn't worth it. So yeah, I mean, luckily, you know, my husband is so supportive and he's amazing and he's stuck by me through all of this. And I know that's not always the case for some people, which, you know, is so sad, but, um, you know, you kind of in a weird way, it's a blessing. If, if mm-hmm. somebody's not going to stick by you through this, like you shouldn't be with them anyway. <laughs> totally. And um, were you like, did you communicate with him when you weren't feeling well? Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Did he I mean, know he knew, every, yeah. He knew. Yeah. He knew everything. He knew how I was feeling all the time. Um, you know, I'd let him know he, he, you know, he picked up a lot of slack when I was on disability. He was, you know, he, he learned how to cook. Like he, did laundry like he was trying to just do anything that I couldn't do mm-hmm. um you know helping with the kids like you know he really like was awesome through it all but it was hard on him too yeah. I mean he was exhausted and he hated seeing me like that and like it was you know it was just a depressing time really mm-hmm. for like I would say a good year year and a half like we were it was hard I mean there there wasn't a lot of joy yeah. in my house. Yeah. You know, I mean, my kids, understandably so. My kids were doing fine. You know, they they had, you know, I was here, but it just it was it was just a really rough time. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm lucky that I've had so much support with mm-hmm. family and stuff at that time because 
it was just a, that was the lowest place I've been in my life by far. And I've been through some stuff like right. my child's father commit suicide. And, um, I've had, <laughs> I've had a lot of trauma, but I will say that that period that I was in was probably the hardest for me. Mm-hmm. It was the hardest. It was just because when you, when, you know, when you feel like you can't even just do anything feel yeah it's like you you start to contemplate like wow like this is my life now like, I know like I literally can't enjoy or do anything because I can't focus on anything else so it really takes I, I totally I know like it takes away it takes a lot from you mm-hmm. if you let it mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes a lot away from you um it takes a lot of joy out of your life um when you're scared like yeah. that and so I'll kind of carry on. So I, um, I was actually, I will say like the one thing that was great about that healing IC group is I was one day I was just in the comments on a, somebody posted something and I was looking through the thread of comments and I wish I could find this girl cause I don't know who she was. I don't remember her name. Like it was just a quick thing in passing, but she had commented on a post and she said, oh, I started using this app, the Curable app, to help with my pain. And it's backed by science, and it's really interesting. And I was, and check it out or something. And I was like, what? I was like, an app? Like, how does an app help you? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And I was honestly, like, curious what she said more in, like, a cynical way. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go look at this because it's probably just – at this point, I was so – cynical because I was like nothing works you know because I tried everything but I was also desperate enough to kind of be like well what's this thing I haven't heard of this app so I went and looked at the app I didn't know that you found out about this through the group because I I know where the story's going and that's I guess that is a silver lining to the IC group yeah Yeah, I don't know I was in a couple of them so I'm not sure exactly which which one yeah but someone and, and the comment was, like, perfect because she wasn't, like, it healed me or it was mm-hmm. another, you know, like, miracle. It was just, like, hey, it's backed by science. Go check it out. And it was just, like, enough for me to be, like, hmm, okay, like, what is this? So I went, I got the app, I downloaded it, and, you know, in the beginning it's free and you can listen to some of the lessons and you can start doing some of the exercises they're mental, they're emotional, they're not physical. Mm -hmm. And I started learning about pain and I started learning about how it originates in the brain and the brain is what really decides. And I was just so fascinated and I was reading the reviews on the app and it was just like, it was crazy. I mean, there was just all these people who'd been in pain for 20 years or, you know, with all kinds of pain, migraines, back pain, I didn't see any pelvic pain ones, so I was a little unsure if it would help me, but um, but I was really interested, and I so I started doing the app, and then, you know, Wait, when the so free section... Can you tell us quickly, what it, what exactly is the app? So Curable is an app for people who suffer with chronic pain, uh-huh. and it is an app that walks you through, um, it, it's educational, so there are audio clips in there from experts, from doctors, um, and, you know, pain experts who, um, educate you on pain and like, what is pain? How does it, you know, how does it begin? But they also start to help you understand that pain, um, it's an opinion from the brain and, 
you know, pain ultimately serves a purpose mm-hmm. always yeah. is to protect you. Right. So if you, um, you know, if you hold your hand over a flame, you're going to feel pain so that you move your hand away from the, from the flame so that you're safe. So, um, and that's a very real physical thing that's happening, but what most people don't know and that I learned is that pain, your brain can decide to send a pain signal because it's perceiving an emotion as a threat too, mm-hmm. not just a flame or an actual, you know, real physical thing in your environment, but the pathways from your brain that regulate emotions and physical pain signals, they get intercrossed and they, they are very much connected. So if, and this is why, you know, this is where it's like, you learn about this incurable, but I did an even deeper dive and started researching and understanding that there's a common link between everybody that has chronic pain, especially unexplained chronic pain, Mm -hmm. like fibromyalgia, I see back pain, migraine, interesting because most chronic pain, I think is somewhat unexplained. Right. Right. And I mean, (laughs) Let's be honest. Does our Western medical model have a solution for chronic pain? Not, Not really. really. Yeah. Because <laughs> then there wouldn't be the word chronic pain. You know what I mean? It wouldn't mm-hmm. be chronic. Totally. So, um, so yeah, I started to learn about it and understand that it's um, it's very. There's a lot of reasons, and when something becomes chronic, you know, um, a lot of that, and you learn it from Nicole, is it's fear. Um, but anyway, so just learning about it, it really opened my eyes and I started to kind of understand that, you know, there's a common thread between everybody with, with chronic pain, you know, personality traits Mm -hmm. across the board, very similar perfectionists, people pleasers. Um, you know, we worry a lot. Um, you know, a lot of people with chronic pain have trauma, you know, a lot of people who kind of pain up yeah. trauma. And, uh, you know, trauma can look different for everybody. It doesn't have to be something, you know, like <laughs> horrific necessarily. But right. if you interpret it, if it, you know, it, it could be something that you didn't think was really traumatic for you, but maybe there was something that happened when you were a kid and you can remember like being teased or someone said something and that just sticks out to you. Like, it sticks out because it was Mm -hmm. traumatic for you Mm -hmm. because, you know, think back, like my childhood, I overall think it was wonderful. Like my family was great. Yeah. And there are so many things that I'm like, well, I didn't have a traumatic childhood, but when I I dig deeper and I start thinking, well, there are some things I do remember that sucked that I didn't like. They weren't, I wouldn't say traumatic, but they were, you know, like I got teased or there was, you know, my sister was mean or, you know, whatever. Right, Right but why do I remember those things? And I can't really remember like a lot of the fun things or the positive things. It's because Mm -hmm. it made an impression. Yeah. You know, it, it, it stuck with me and that's kind of what I've learned. Like, I think that that's something like it stuck with me because it, maybe it didn't really get resolved, you know, or maybe it's something that's still just kind of there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, yes. And I I also, just I want to quickly say that I also so I feel very because you'll get into your work with with Nicole Sachs's whole program but um Mm -hmm. we talked about this a bit before but I recently started really started doing her work as well 
And um, as you just said, I, you know, in my eyes, I had a great childhood. I had great parents and siblings and friends and everything that I needed, I had. So at first for me, it was hard to wrap my head around like, what do I have? And you, I'll have you explain exactly what Nicole Sachs' work is, but I will say a lot of it, invo- most of it involves journaling. And mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I don't really have that much when I first sat down to think about it to really journal about. But then as I started thinking and, and reading, and I actually had a psychotherapist on my podcast last week, and she specializes in trauma um sexual abuse trauma crime violence sexual assault and she works with a lot of women who have chronic pain and pelvic pain and she put it so well to me at least she was like just she was like chronic pain in itself is traumatic like take away you know anything else that happens in your life and yes it's important to like get all of that out when you're doing nicole Sachs's work but But she was like, even if you've been in chronic pain, whether it's six months, a year, two years, 10 years, that Mm -hmm. is a long period of time to have trauma. And like, Mm -hmm. I just, I, that really resonated with me because even if there aren't so many traumatic experiences that happened, like anyone who's had chronic pain, that is incredibly traumatic. Yeah, totally. Anyways, back, back to you. So you found Nicole's work. Well, you were on the yeah, Curable so, app, and then the Curable so app, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was doing the Curable app. I was um, definitely starting to feel, like, excited and, like, hopeful again, because mm-hmm. it was making sense to me, and there was just, there was science behind it. So this was different, because it wasn't just somebody on a forum telling me to do a diet, or a doctor telling me to try this diet or physical therapy, and it might work. Like, this is stuff that is backed by science, and it's proven. So that to me was like, I'm a very, I need, I need evidence. (laughs) Like that's just how I am, especially becoming cynical after trying everything. It was like, no, I need something that's going to be legit. Like I need to know that this is going to be worth it. And I think that's what honestly, we're all used to that. I think at least, you know, like everyone who grew up with Western medicine, like we have a problem, we go to a doctor and that's just what we believe in. We don't really think otherwise for the most part. Right. Yes. We're, we're very conditioned and mm-hmm. kind of trained to think physical pain means a physical problem. Right. Um, and a lot of times it does. There's a place for that. But when it becomes chronic and the doctors can't figure it out and really give you answers and help you, that's when you really have to question, like, okay, something else is going on here, you know, mm-hmm. because... Um, they're not able to figure it out. So what can I do to kind of take this into my hands? And, you know, I mean, really, if, if everything's negative and you're not seeing any clear signs of something like, like you have an injury, but you have pain, like you really, you know, I would encourage you to like really start thinking kind of TMS, which stands for tension myotosis syndrome, Mm -hmm. which is, um, you know, something Dr. Sarno, I, I don't know if Nicole, she probably went in all, yeah. all of this on her episode with you, so mm-hmm. I'll kind of skip over that. But It was so long ago, though, so I don't know, like, who yeah. who's new and who has yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. But if anyone listening hasn't heard that one, 
Um, I actually wrote it down. It was here, episode 49. I wanted to mention that. If anyone has listened yeah. to the episode with Nicole, go listen because it's it's full yes. of very great information. Fantastic, yeah. too. The Cure for Chronic Pain, that will change your life, too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I did the Cure app. I heard about a doctor called Dr. Schubiner, who is, um, he has a website called unlearnyourpain.com. Mm-hmm. So I went to his site, I ordered his book, and he has a program, and I got the book, and I started learning about everything and doing the work, you know, and the work included, like, okay, like, list out, like, any weird physical symptom you've ever had in your whole life. Was this before you did Nicole's work? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I listed all the things out, like, oh, in college, I had a lot of GI issues, and when I was a kid, I had a lot of you know, I don't know, like, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but like, you know, doing a deep dive, it's like, I could, I could start to remember like these periods where I went through, you know, discomfort or pain with my body and it would resolve itself, but Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what it was or what caused it. And then he has you list out next to that, what was going on in your life? Like what was going on emotionally in your life or, you know, just what was happening. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, Okay, so I started, you know, in college, it's like I was having a lot of GI issues. Well, in college, there was like an immense amount of pressure. Um, I was in some very intense programs. And, you know, there was just a lot of fear that I wasn't going to be good enough and pass my class and, you know, all of that. And it's like, I started realizing like, wow, there was like a connection to these events going on around me in my life and how I was feeling emotionally to how my body was feeling. Mm -hmm. And that was really helpful. So that was kind of the first step for me to start seeing like there's a connection. And, um, so I did that. And within like that first week of just reading his book and doing those exercises, I was symptom free for a week. No way. Everything just went away. And I was like, Whoa, like, like completely symptom free. That's insane. So that to me was like, wow, okay, like this is doing something. Wait, and how (laughs) long was this after, like since your first, that morning you woke up and you had these bladder symptoms, how how long after? Um, I would say it was about somewhere between a year and a year and a half. Okay. So, um... So I knew that there was something to this and I was really starting to believe in it, but it, it took me time to like fully believe. I still had a lot of doubt. I still wasn't sure. Like I, you know, I saw all these examples and success stories of people healing their, their headaches and their back pain, but I didn't see anything talking about interstitial cystitis or pelvic pain. And so I was like, well, I don't know if this is the right thing. You know, I still had that doubt. So I actually emailed Dr. Schubiner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Where is he, he based? He's, I think, based in Michigan, I think. Uh-huh. Um, so I emailed him because he's a TMS doctor, and but he's also a general practitioner. So his background is in Western medicine, but he also, um, you know, understands brain science, and he is one of the experts in chronic pain and TMS pain. Mm-hmm. So I emailed him and he got back to me right away, which I was shocked. Wow. Like he emailed me back within like a few hours. That's really and crazy. And I basically, 
just said, like, hey, I got your book. I'm doing, you know, a little research and, like, doing the exercises. But um, I'm just not sure, like, if this is going to work for me. Like, I have, you know, I told him I have pelvic floor dysfunction and interstitial cystitis. And I just, I don't know if that's, you know, the right, if I'm on to the right thing here. Have you cured anyone with that? And he wrote me back and he basically just said, like, you're fine. Wow. You're fine. You're okay. Like, nothing's wrong with your body. Oh my he was God. like, this is TMS. And he was like, your, your body, your nervous system is in fight or flight. You are, you know, you're scared and you're stressing out about this. As you do the work, your pelvic floor muscles are going to relax and your pain's going to go away. Wow. And I was just like, okay, like, <gasps> that's like the first doctor oh who has God. told me. Like, you're going to be fine, kid, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's nothing to worry about. Like, I have the chills. Because so it's like, me, it hearing was... that is so powerful. It is. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's there's a, whole, there's a whole science behind that. You know, there's the placebo effect, right. which is, you know, just knowing. So, it's like, if you're not familiar with TMS or any of this stuff, like, just to kind of break it down. Yeah. You know, our minds and our bodies, it's one system. And we we don't think of it that way, but it is. And the evidence of that is if you're sad, water comes out of your eyes. That's a physical response to an emotion, right? Mm-hmm. If you're anxious and nervous, your palms sweat, you get butterflies in your stomach. That's a physical response. If you're embarrassed, your blood rushes to your face and it turns red. That's a physical, biological response happening in your body when you're feeling something emotionally Mm -hmm. so if that can happen just those things can happen doesn't it make sense that if there's some stuff going on emotionally that's under the surface that you're kind of repressing but it's there and you're experiencing stress couldn't that mean that it could cause some kind of a reaction in your body that you're feeling something in your body, um, it's all so related and interconnected. And it sounds at first kind of like woo-woo, but it's, I, it's, it's not by science. Yeah. Like, there's, this is, there's evidence of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a story of a guy who, um, you know, he was on a construction site, and he was using a nail gun, and it went through his foot and his boot. And he was in excruciating pain, of course, you know, a nail went through his foot. So they rushed him to the, you know, emergency room. He passed out from the pain on the way there because it was so extreme. And they got to the emergency room and they pulled the boot off of his foot and the nail had gone between his toes. I've heard this story. It didn't even penetrate his Mm -hmm. foot. But the pain was real because the brain just, he looked at his boot and he thought, He saw the nail, right. And that's all it took for his brain to produce the same exact pain it would have produced if it really went through its foot so the fear the fear alone can send that signal out Mm -hmm. so you know if you wake up one day like I did and you have a UTI and I mean I have some suspicions as to what first triggered those symptoms Mm -hmm. you know like I was newly married um you know I've had some you know crappy relationships before my husband that were emotionally abusive and 
you know, I've even had some, which now I'm realizing is sexual trauma, but I didn't really think of it that way before. I didn't think it counted, but yeah. I've, I've really had to look at things and kind of realize like, you know, I think there's a part of me that feels really scared to mm-hmm. be committed to a man again and to, to be intimate because the last time this happened, like I had trauma and yeah. I, you know, like I went through some really shitty times mm-hmm. <laughs> in my last relationship. So I was doing the emotional work. I was doing the curable app. Dr. Schubiner's book is great. And I think that it's, it's very helpful in educating yourself on the process of pain and TMS and how it works. The program in his book is a, it's a pretty deep dive and it was kind of too much of a commitment for me. Mm. Um, some people might be fine with it, but I mean, it was kind of requiring like an hour or longer a day of like really doing the, you know, that was very, it was very, um, I think I was just having a lot of fear I wasn't doing it right because mm-hmm. it was like so specific. Like you have to do this and then this and then this and then this. And um, so I, I kind of burnt out on it a little bit. And that's like right around when I found Nicole. And um, Did, and you found Nicole through Curable as well. Curable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because, you know, because I had the app, I was in Curable's Facebook group. And she did a live on there one day and was talking about journaling. And she was just explaining what's going on with our nervous systems when we're in pain. And, you know, and it just, she was so soothing. And I just, I was like, I like her. I want to look at her work. And And she explains things like so well and simply, like it just makes sense when she explains it. It does. And that's kind of what I think I needed because Mm -hmm. I was starting to believe but I just really needed somebody to break it down for me in a way that just made so much sense. But also like it, she's just so like, what's the word I'm looking for? She's so solid in her. I mean, you can tell that it's not just like she believes that this will help. It's like, she knows. Right. And by the way, for for everyone listening, she went through her own experience with chronic back pain and, and developed her program after she essentially used her program to completely cure her back pain. So yes. she and like she talks about studied, it right from the standpoint yeah. of just being living proof that this work works. Yes. And she was cured by Dr. John Sarno, who discovered this mind body connection with chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And she was trained by him and she learned from him and she's carrying on his work mm-hmm. because he's passed away. So she's like, yeah, I mean, she's definitely one of the experts in this and um yeah so it just I, I I started doing her program and like little by little what was happening for me as I was I was starting to get better um but I was still you know there was still it, it was a slow process and there was still things that I was trying to figure out how to cope with like not having sex that was right. really hard wait but so, can you backtrack for one second after you had yeah. that week that pain for you week after you read Dr. Schubiner's book you had the week yeah. where you were like okay I'm symptom free and then yeah. your symptoms started to come back I assume yes 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 they came back okay. so and then I was discouraged and I was like oh it's not gonna work maybe that was a blip right. you know I don't know and you know, the brain's funny you know our thoughts I know I know now that like just from being in pain, but even before that, like, I have a very, very um, ingrained thought pattern process that goes to fear, mm-hmm. always, with everything. So do I. And, 
it's like no wonder <laughs> my nervous system is jacked up and I'm in pain right. because I am like the worst case scenario type of thinker and I just it, yeah there's just so much I doubt everything I'm just I'm I'm scared of a lot of yeah. things you yeah. know that's just kind of how I've always been so um I know this about myself now and it's something that's changed and transformed. And as that has transformed, so has my body and my pain because it's all connected to each other. Um, but anyway, so while I was doing the program, like I said, I was getting better. There were slow things that I started to do. So the first thing was just understanding and really trying to know and believe that there's nothing wrong with my bladder. Mm. And that was a hard concept to grasp because my bladder hurt. But how did you had, decide that that was like how because did like how did you come to tell yourself that you had to that you had to accept that there was nothing wrong like did you just know that that was something that you had to accept from yes that's like the number one most important thing in healing mm-hmm. is you have to believe that you're okay right and it's really hard to do that when you're hurting so it takes time and you just have to keep going and how did you do that I think it was a combination of I continued to educate myself Mm. the education was huge I read Steve Ozan I don't know how to say his last name Steve O he has a book called The Great Pain Deception I read his book I read Dr. Sarno's books I listened to Nicole's podcast and more and more just understanding and really like you know that's so interesting though that's a really good point I I want to talk about this quickly for a second that's a really good point and that's actually not even something that I have like that's something I need to pay more attention to and and do more work on is you're right is educating yourself and hearing stories and hearing the experts that work in this space explain explain all of this so that you you believe it yeah uh yes because here's what happens education is knowledge right right knowledge just the knowledge itself and understanding what's happening is going to help you relax and as you start to relax because you're starting to understand what's happening you know fear is i don't know what's going on fear 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 uncertainty i'm scared But when you start to know and understand what is happening in your body, in your brain, and it makes sense, you stop fearing it quite as much. And you get a little, that's why I had relief when I read Dr. Schubert's Mm -hmm. book. It makes sense. Because the education helped me not be so scared. And then I got a break from pain for a week. Right. So there are people that, you know, they call it the book cure. They'll read Dr. Sarno's book and their pain goes away, sometimes forever. It'll show up again somewhere in their body because they didn't do all the emotional work they need to do. But this is like, I mean, like I was saying before, there's the placebo effect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's we know that the brain is so powerful that if you believe you're taking a pill that's curing you, just that belief is enough to create a change in your symptoms. Yeah. So There's also the nocebo effect where a doctor tells you that you are destined to be in pain forever and you get worse because you believe that you're sick. So it works both ways. That's why I got worse when I got diagnosed because I 
became scared, more scared. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fear is really, and Nicole says this all the time, chronic pain is an epidemic of fear. So, you know, learning that and understanding that really came from just educating myself. So I, I did a deep dive and I had to, and Nicole says the same thing. You have to immerse yourself in this, Mm. you know, immerse yourself in learning about TMS, read the books, listen to the podcasts, like understand what's happening. That's the first step because like I said, it starts to calm everything down. You get a little bit of, you know, safety in your inside of you. You start to feel like you're safe. Mm -hmm. Like you understand what's happening and that's enough to start to change your symptoms. But for me, it wasn't, you know, it was, I could start to see small shifts and changes, but I definitely wasn't out of the woods. And so then came the courage part, which is, okay, I definitely am believing in this now and I'm really starting to understand it. And I'm having some thoughts that still creep in that are doubtful thoughts. Well, it's not going to work for me. I'm going to feel this way forever. Blah, blah, blah. I can't do this. You know, those types of thoughts. I just started becoming aware of them. Right. And I would just be like, you're just a thought. I don't have to believe you. I'm going to let you go. And I'm going to keep doing this. Mm. I'm just going to put all my faith into this. And when I have those pesky thoughts that are trying to suspend my belief in this, I'm just going to let them pass Mm -hmm. and I'm just going to keep going because there's no other option for me. Like really? Yeah. Are any of the options that we have much better? Like, no, not really. Not really. (laughs) They're not, they don't work. So, um, so I started to believe and that was helpful, but then, then, like I said, the next step for me was, you know, there's, there's emotional work you have to do. You know, there's Nicole's program is, very focused on journaling and if you look into her work um you'll you'll understand what that is and what that looks like mm-hmm. um and she and has a lot just, on youtube but then you can also yes. buy her program which yes. outlines it even even better yes and her podcast she and her podcast things, yeah so it's all great there's a there's so many resources out there she's also very active on instagram she's mm-hmm. doing a series called um i am evidence on igtv two days a week she does videos that's free and it's amazing it's i need to watch powerful. them I see them, so, but I haven't watched, so I need to do that. Watch. I'm actually going to do They're that. Great. Yeah, I'm going to do that this yes. week. And share them with your community. Because, I will. Yeah, people, I mean, it's it's very profound. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I had to start, part of the process of belief is you need evidence that it's working, right? Like when we try the diets, we're looking for results. Right. Well, as I'm doing this, it was kind of like, okay, I need to start seeing some evidence that this works. So I kept an evidence sheet and I would write down, okay, like when I read Dr. Schubert's book, I was, I was symptom free for a week. I'm writing that down on my evidence list. Mm. That this is, this is the way for me, right? This is working because it's easy to forget about that when you're hurting. But, um, so I, I would write those little wins down. Oh, I ate some tomatoes. Don't feel any worse. Right. Evidence. Evidence. That this is not a food problem. Mm-hmm. This is not my bladder, right? And if you do eat a tomato and you have pain after, it's probably because you think you will, mm. and it's a conditioned response. Well, what belief. about coffee? I, I I always ask. Like, it's so weird. Oh, I drink coffee. But did, did I, it I don't... did it make you worse when you were in pain? 
no. I mean, I, when I started drinking coffee again, nothing. Like, when I yeah. reintroduced everything back in. You were fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. I didn't feel worse. I didn't feel better. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Evidence. It, just, I, it, it kind of pissed me off, honestly. Because right. I was like, man, this whole year for nothing. I know. I've been avoiding all this shit. I know. You know? Uh-huh. God. So, um, yeah, but. So that was kind of the first thing for me was the food because I'd lost 20 pounds mm. and I was like, you know, I just, I needed to like be able to eat again, you know, mm-hmm. like eat what I want and not think about it. And it was hard. I started slow. I and started that's something slow. that's, I think, so common though for people with any health yeah. issue is like having been told by whether it's a doctor or a nutritionist or yeah. a functional medicine practitioner, like you need to cut out gluten, dairy, sugar. And, and I live like I don't eat gluten dairy or much sugar because I feel better that way but I also think that it instills so much fear because everything you eat you're like worried that does this have too much sugar does is this going to cause this symptom and like it thinking that way creates a tremendous amount of of fear yeah yeah and it's a very stressful way to live it's Mm -hmm. a very limited way you know Mm -hmm. and we obviously do what feels good for you but like you know for me, it was just I had to slowly start introducing foods back into my life because I knew at that point, like, I really started to believe it's not going to hurt me. I yeah. mean, Dr. Schubiner, you know, he was interviewed. Actually, I'll send you the link so you can share it with your audience. There's a great interview with him and a woman on a podcast. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he talks about all this specifics of pelvic pain and IC and you know, he, he was treating somebody, um, with it and working with them. And she had this whole thing of, well, when I eat anything spicy, I have a flare up. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, how long after you eat it, do you flare? And she said, oh, within 30 minutes. He said, that's not possible. Physically, biologically, like that reaction is too quick. It wouldn't get there that quickly to your, so this is a conditioned response. You that's believe so this interesting. So, so now it is. It's just the same thing as like the guy Wait, with the This boot. is crazy. I'm sorry. I need to I need to interrupt you because I I'm just so fixated on this coffee thing and yeah. people who listen will know because coffee is like the only food that I notice really irritates my bladder. But the thing that's crazy is within when I if I have three sips, I feel it. It's instant. And that's not enough time. No, that's a brain. That's a because brain. I'm off. freaking so, out because yeah. the coffee isn't in your, doesn't get to your bladder no. in no, three that's seconds. That's the same Holy thing. Holy shit. I'm. That's the same thing as the guy looking at his boot, thinking that there's a nail through his foot. Oh my God. My, my mind's blown. So, like so I believe looking, all of this so much, but it's crazy when when you're when yeah. you're realizing the your same, own. Yeah, totally. So you're you're looking at that <laughs> coffee, and that's the nail through your boot. Oh okay? my so, god! So you sip it and you feel it, but you have to know that that's all that is. And when you know that, I'm telling you, start drinking coffee. And even wow. if you get a reaction, you need to just understand that this is a conditioned response. This is not hurting me. This is an opinion that my brain has that this is bad and it's bullshit. 
I don't believe it anymore. Oh, and you're going to, it's going to change. Oh, this is crazy. I promise you, it's going to change. Um, oh my it might God. take okay. a little time, yeah. but it will. Yeah. And I think the believing like, is key, right? Yes. And it's like people with phantom pain, you know, they mm-hmm. get an, a limb removed and they still feel like they have it and it hurts. And, you know, they have to, they have to convince the brain that they're fine by looking in a mirror and seeing that it's not there. And it's just, it's fascinating because sometimes it just, you have to almost like prove it to your mind. Mm. Like there's not a problem. Mm-hmm. It's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so, so you're doing the cold work. You're doing the journaling. Doing work. Yes. And I'm slowly getting better and I'm slowly reintroducing food. What, and then once I re- What did you do? Like, like what was the daily what was the daily work you okay. were doing? Yeah. So the daily work was I was journaling for how long? I was uh, for 20 minutes. Okay. And sometimes it was vocal journaling like I would just instead of writing, I would just talk like in my car, like mm-hmm. out loud. That's interesting. Um, and and then and actually sometimes that got me to like really stir up emotion easier Mm. um and I would you know yell or cry and I would really start to feel it um and I was also doing um meditation after Mm -hmm. so I was meditating every day for how long and 10 minutes Mm -hmm. 15 minutes curable has some great meditations um in the app Mm -hmm. and then I was just um trying to carry the rest of the day I was really just trying to live my life as much as possible as if I'm fine Mm. and not center my decisions all day long around my bladder because so this is another recommendation I will have for everybody is to go on YouTube and watch Dan Buglio pain for you. His, he does videos every day. He's a TMS coach and he really taught me, that our mindset and our thought patterns are huge. So you do the emotional work every day. That's important. But it's also incredibly important the rest of the day to be aware of yourself. Like, am I talking about my pain? So that was a rule, and I learned that in Curable, too. Like, in Curable, they tell you don't even say the word pain. Replace it with something like bananas or marshmallows or something happy. Because even just saying that word and thinking about that word can can kind of keep it around Mm -hmm. like it's it's just fascinating when you start to learn these tools on how to retrain we have to rewire our brain right at the end of the day that's what's going on and wait i want to stuck yeah in a signal pattern happening from our brains because our brains and our nervous system think that we're in danger because of stress because of emotions and it thinks that if it produces pain we are safer in pain then we are dealing with the stress. It, the stress and the emotions that we have underneath, it, the brain is perceiving that as like a tiger. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a threat. Mm-hmm. And the quickest way to get that your nervous system to calm down is to feel your feelings, show your body that it's okay, show your brain that it's not dangerous, it's safe, you can handle stress, and also to really just believe that you're okay Mm -hmm. you know I started reintroducing foods back in and once I reintroduced five or six foods back in and I was fine I just I went crazy and I I mean I like gained weight because I was like yeah like I started eating everything because I was like I'm good 
Oh my you God. know, and uh-huh. that was just, that was, that was huge for me getting that back in my life. And I started going in swimming pools and these were all little wins for me, right. you know, but it took me a year and a half. So this wasn't overnight and everybody's, everybody's timeline is different. It really is. And there's no right or wrong way to heal. And it, it doesn't, if it takes two months, for my you, dog's great. in the room. It takes- I just want to make if you heard that big snore of oh. my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I do want to, I do want to yeah. touch on, it's a slow, it can be a slow process, but it's worth it because there's so many wins. And I started writing down my little wins, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, I went in the hot tub today and I'm, I'm still alive, you know, right. like there's nothing crazy happened. Or maybe I did feel like an increase in pain when I did it. But you know what? I went in it again the next day. Mm-hmm. And I just kept doing it until it was like my brain got the message that this is okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going to let you call the shots anymore. You don't get to decide for me how I'm living my life mm-hmm. because I know that I'm okay. And eventually it it believes you too. It's right. like you have to hijack it, you know? So, um, wait, but I want to go back quickly to the journaling. Okay. The journaling is, and cause I, right. So a lot of people journal, but it's not. And, and if whoever, whoever's listening, that's really interested in this and wants to do the work, as we said, they should, they sh- and this is, has like, this is not a sponsor <laughs> sponsored episode, uh, for Nicole. Like this is, she doesn't even know we're doing this, but, um, watch her stuff so that you know she she explains like her method of journaling but I just want you to talk for a second about the fact that it's not like nice happy journaling even though sometimes that's okay like if and and we were talking about this before we started recording as well for a minute but the premise is really to get she calls it the five-year-old self and you've done her work way longer than I have but can you just talk about that for a second Yeah. So journaling, what I learned through Nicole's program and her work is that you really, when you sit down to do it, you are your inner child, your five-year-old that needs to have a tantrum Mm -hmm. because that's the part of you that is screaming for you to listen. That's the message the pain is sending you. That is the, that is the part of you that needs to be heard. And you can go back in time if you want and look at your childhood. But it's also just, you know, there's different methods. Dan Buglio is very much about what's happening right now, Mm. you know. So there's no right or wrong way. The point is you just need to feel your feeling. And honestly, it's not so much let's get into all the nitty gritty details and think about the story. Like the story just helps you feel the emotion. Mm. Really. You just need to be feeling, you need to be feeling, you need to be letting off some steam. Your, your cup is full of emotion internally. It's all repressed and you got to start pouring it out. And it doesn't matter how you get there or why necessarily you just need to feel it. So for me with journaling, I would sit down and I would just start off with the sentence I'm feeling. And then I would just sit there mm. and I'd be like, what am I feeling? And I'd ask myself, 
and I put my hand on my heart because that feels like you're getting a hug and it gives the same kind of biological reaction as if you're getting a hug and you feel safe. And I would just ask myself, what are you feeling? What's going on? And sometimes there's nothing. And I feel like, oh gosh, it's not working. I'm not doing it right. I'm going to be in pain forever. And cue the, cue the worry thought patterns that I've had my whole life. Mm. But being able to recognize those are just thoughts. And I can let those go. And I can just sit here. And if I just sit here for 20 minutes and nothing happens, big deal. Right. At least I showed up. And I'm here for myself if something wants to come up. Mm -hmm. So some days you you would just sit there and nothing would come up. Yeah, sometimes I just scribble on the page and doodle. Right. And I just kind of wait, you know, like, what am I really feeling? Can I access that? Is there something that I just, and sometimes I just kind of journal about, well, I know I'm frustrated at this, but I've journaled about that a million times and maybe I'll revisit it. And and then you'd be surprised. It just leads to something else. And Mm -hmm. next thing you know, I'm talking about body image and how much I, I negatively talk to myself every day about my body. And then I'm crying and then I'm like, Oh dang, like, I didn't know that was all in there, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized how sad it is that I'm so mean to myself. Yeah. Honestly, so much of it has to do with your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's how you feel about yourself, you know, like Dr. Sarno says that, you know, the underlying theme that they're with everybody with chronic pain is that we just don't feel like we're good enough. Yeah. And really exploring that. Where, where am I hard on myself? Am I criticizing myself all day long? No wonder my body hurts, you know? It's like, think about the experiment where you have a, two jars of rice. And one jar of rice you, you talk hateful to all day long. And the other jar you send love to. And it's been proven. The one that you hate on is going to get mold and deteriorate. Quick. Right. If we're doing that inside of our minds and our thoughts with our like what do you think is going to happen nothing good right Mm -hmm. like we're not going to feel good so I really had to start examining like my relationship with myself and being kinder to myself and realizing like would I want someone to talk to my daughter the way that I talk to myself all day no I'm freaking myself out all day I'm telling myself all these bad things are going to happen I don't do that with my kid I don't want her to worry why do I do that to myself? That's not loving myself. Like Mm. I'm not loving myself and realizing like I needed to make that shift and like, just be kind to me and love myself and accept myself, all of my flaws and just know that I'm, I don't have to be perfect. I'm human and I can, I'm enough just as I am. I mean, just, you know, it took time to get there and I'm a work of progress. I'm not, you know, we all are, you know, Nicole's a work in progress. She says it all the time, like, but to keep showing up for yourself every day and that is an act of love. Mm -hmm. If you can show up every day and just, even if you just sit there and nothing comes up, you just loved yourself for 20 minutes. You're going to start to feel better Yeah. just by showing up because you're taking that time for you and, but things will come up and you'll be surprised at some of the connections you make and you know, if you look into her work, you know, she'll, she'll explain it so much better on just what to do and how to do that process. But sometimes, you know, I'll just sit down and 
sometimes I don't feel like journaling. Sometimes I'll, I'll just sit there and put my hand on my heart and close my eyes and just be like, am I feeling sad anywhere in my life right now? Yeah. I'm still a little bit sad about my ex who mm-hmm. killed himself. That doesn't go away. You know, maybe I need to feel that for a little bit. Mm. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to let myself grieve for 20 minutes. It's okay. I don't have to push that down right now because I push it down every day to carry on and live my life. Right. But right now I'm going to let it out. And, you know, or I miss my dog or, you know, who passed away or, or I'm angry at this situation. I'm going to let myself feel angry. I'm going to clench my fist and I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to sit here and feel it. Mm. I'm going to be pissed for 20 minutes, you know? And then you always got to, at the end, it's really important to, for me to just be like, okay, now I'm letting it go. I'm not going to ruminate on this all day. I'm not going to let it carry on over into the rest of my day. And I'm going to meditate. I'm going to soothe myself and I'm going to congratulate myself. I'm going to think about the things I'm grateful for. And the rest of my day is going to be awesome. Mm. Because sometimes when you journal, you know, you stir stuff up and, and you can, you can get into a place where you're, you know, maybe ruminating and you're thinking too much about that topic and that's just going to stress you out, you know? So it's, I think it's really important. That's why I think Nicole says to to meditate after because you just want to kind of shift and get back into a good place when Mm -hmm. you're done, Mm -hmm. you know, soothe yourself. Um, so that was my process and I, I continued to do it and I, I still do it now. It's not as kind of, consistent now mm-hmm. um, because how I long feel better. did you do it for consistently a year, a year. and when did you well, start to, honestly yeah. I don't think I really consistently did the emotional work I, I think I consistently did the emotional work for six months the first six months I wasn't consistent with it I did it maybe once or twice a week but I was still very much in like educate 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 belief right. belief belief right and I kind of needed that before I would really put in the emotional work, I guess, mm-hmm. because I think there was a part of me that was scared that it wasn't going to work. And I just, I had to really kind of get to that point where it was like, yes, I believe in this so much. And I understand that I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. And that and, makes sense. Did yeah. you like, so I want to know when did you start seeing feeling relief throughout the process of education or was it not until you started doing more of the journaling and meditation work consistently that you started to see your symptoms kind of go away. Yeah. So I did, I did feel relief during the education period. It was a lot slower and a lot more minor changes Mm -hmm. in my symptoms. Um, the, the frequency and the urgency went away during the education phase for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, the pain and the, just the pressure and and the discomfort was still there. Right. That, you know, that took a while. Um, and it's different for everybody, but I will say, I feel like, you know, Nicole has explained this so well. And I also, by the way, developed other symptoms. I developed fibromyalgia Mm. too, which is now gone as well Mm -hmm. from the work. But you know, that's very typical with TMS. You start 
doing the work and the pain will move. And it's because I was like starting to really believe my bladder was okay. So my brain's like, well, let's find somewhere else to freak her out. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not, you know, that'll shake her belief. Mm. Right. The brain is trying so hard to keep you safe and it thinks that this is how it's going to work. So I started getting fibro pain everywhere, all over my body. And when that would happen, my bladder was fine. I mean, it just moved, you know, and it was so strange. But once I, you know, I I kept doing the work and then that would go away and then my bladder would come back, you know, and it was just, it was moving and it was wild. It was wild to see how, wow, like, I mean, I'm having an impact here. Mm -hmm. Like I'm making things move around in my body change. Like I know that I'm getting somewhere, you know? Um, and once I really started to, I think the turning page for me was just the less fear I had, the better I got. And part of what that looked like was I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start, you know, I just would work up enough courage to start doing things that I was like, never would have done a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it was like, the pain isn't going to run the show. And the more I just started doing that, you know, it's like, it would let up and I would start to see like, wow, I just did a workout and I feel better. I didn't make my pain worse. It relieved the pain. And, and then it's like, why, you know, because I just basically sent a message to my brain that I'm fine. Yeah. I'm working out. Yeah. You know? Um, but also it increases blood flow and oxygen flow. And that's important because, you know, if you understand and read about TMS at a physical physical sense like what's happening is okay you're stressed out you have all this stress and a lot of it's repressed and you don't even know that you're struggling with this under the surface because you've pushed it down because you've had to live your life but that stress creates tension and tension in your body can be muscular it can be your joints it can be your ligaments um it can be um anything really when you're when you're stressed and you have tension it creates a physical change in your body your cortisol levels goes up your muscles constrict it you you start to lose um when that happens and this is what i learned from dr sarno your um you start to get less oxygen flow and into certain tissues so if your tension is manifesting in your pelvic region which when you have IC or pelvic floor dysfunction, it's honestly, I I swear to God, I can promise you it's a muscular issue. Mm. You feel like you have to pee all the time because there's so much tension in your muscles around there that it's like, it's like, feels like it's constricting your bladder. Yeah. So all that muscular tension is, and this is, it's nothing's wrong with you. It's just that that tension is there's a mild oxygen deprivation is happening. Because there's tension, oxygen and blood flow aren't happening as freely as they normally would. And it's not dangerous, and it's not life-threatening at all. It's just uncomfortable, and it freaking hurts. But if you go for a walk or you exercise and you get more oxygen flow and blood flow to that area, a lot of times you'll find you feel better. Because, But that's not the solution. Okay. The solution is you got to address the emotions that's creating the tension in the first place. And then you'll really get the relief. Mm -hmm. But 
there's things you can start to do in conjunction with that in believing that you're okay and moving your body more. Um, and you do it at your own pace. Like it took me a while to have sex again. And, you know, I had to start finally feeling like, you know what, this is okay. I'm going to, I'm going to try it and I'm going to try to go into this and be totally outcome independent, meaning whatever the outcome is, I don't care. And that's a hard place to get to, but if you can do it and really feel like, hey, whatever happens, happens, and I'm good with it, you're that much closer to not having anything happen. So what happened when you started having sex again? I had pain, mm-hmm. for sure. And, but it wasn't as bad as it was in the past when I had pain. Right. In the past, it would last like a week after, like a bad flare for a week, mm. but it was like three days and then it was two days and then it was like two days, like maybe a five out of 10 instead of a nine out of 10. Mm -hmm. And then it was one day and then it was an hour and then it was nothing. Mm. And you know, it's interesting. I mean, this is kind of like getting really personal. It's okay. I I found (laughs) that uh, I'm an open book and I think this could help somebody, but like I found that, when I had more rough sex, mm-hmm. I didn't flare. That's and I think it's because I, it was like, it's like, I'm not scared right, right now. Like if I'm doing that, but if I'm having sex and it's like, careful, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm scared. Right. Uh-huh. So just letting myself have like that time with my husband where it's like, well, whatever happens, happens, but I'm going to enjoy this now. And I'm going to do this as if nothing will happen. That's really interesting. Like, I'm going to have sex as rough as I want, and I'll enjoy it for 30 minutes or whatever, and whatever happens. And then I noticed that it wouldn't flare me, and then I'd be shocked because I'd be like, dude, I mean, I felt like that should have, if anything, that, you know, that would have right. made it worse, but it didn't. And then it's like the times that we were so careful and cautious, it's like I would flare. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, again, it's the, it's the fear, mm-hmm. you know, it's all the fear And, um, so there's one last thing I want to say and with just in relation to something that was really helpful for me along my healing was I did talk to a counselor with my husband, a couple's counselor. She was actually a sex therapist Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting because she was telling me that there's a lot of couples come to her that, you know, they deal with pelvic pain. And, um, you know, when they do therapy with her, it goes away. And I was like, wow, okay, that's just more evidence that this is a very emotional thing. And, um, you know, she learned about me. She learned about my past. You know, we talked about what I'd been through and stuff. And there was one day where she told me, Whitney, what's happening with you is you, you're pelvis your brain your body is literally trying to protect you because in the past you've had some relationships where you had some you know you were not treated well you Mm -hmm. had emotional abuse you had some sexual stuff that wasn't nice and basically you kind of abandoned yourself in those relationships and your brain is scared you're going to do that again you're you're you have an abandonment issue happening Mm. and it's not that you're you have you're scared that you'll be abandoned by your partner but you're also scared that you will abandon yourself Mm. and you will let somebody treat you like shit 
And so it's creating a protect, it's kind of creating this protective response for you. If I take sex off the table, I'm safe mm-hmm. because I'm not as connected. I'm not being as intimate with my partner. And this is kind of a way for me to keep a distance and make sure that I don't get hurt again. Mm. And when she said that, I had two weeks of no symptoms. Oh my God. It just hit something. And I had to journal about that and realize that. And then I started having all these dreams about my husband leaving me. And I realized, and it was a reoccurring dream. And I, I was able to realize like, dude, yeah, there's something in my subconscious that is like, I'm scared. I'm scared of going through what I went through in my last relationship, mm-hmm. which was horrific. I trust my husband and consciously I never worry about it. I'm never worried he's going to leave me and I trust him and he treats me amazing. There is a part of me somewhere inside that is so scared that it's going to flip. Mm-hmm. And I need to comfort her. Like, I need to work on that, and I need to acknowledge it, and I need to talk about it, and I need to just let myself feel that fear, you know, and and I talked about it with my husband, you know, mm-hmm. and I cried, and, you know, that's like, that's when I really turned a corner, mm. was when I shared all that with him, and like, just so now for me a lot of times this is amazing I'm just listening and I'm like (laughs) I don't I it's no because it's just it's really it's a great it's a good story I mean it's yeah yeah well it's I hope it helps you and there's a lot of parts of it that are resonating with me honestly and I'm sure yeah with everyone listening in one way or another I, I think and this is just my opinion but I really think that pelvic pain, bladder stuff, I think it has to do with intimacy. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with relationships and intimacy. And even if you're single right now, I mean, I, I just think that, and it doesn't have to be that you've had trauma, you know, but think about it. What is like the most vulnerable part of our bodies as a woman yeah. that is sexual, that is intimate? It's our pelvis. Yeah. That is like the part of us that we share with a partner Mm -hmm. physically. And if you're having pain there, it's like, it's just interesting. Yeah. Something to think about, you know? A hundred percent. When all of my symptoms developed, it was after I was in a relationship for a few years with someone who wasn't a good person and there was no sexual abuse and, you know, we loved each other, but there was a a lot of emotional stress Uh and Uh honestly not until pretty recently did I ever connect the dots that oh wow which is the craziest thing to me you know and and it's like how it's so clear and granted a lot of things like physical pelvic floor physical therapy really did help me and there was a lot of other things that really helped more medical things but I'm not a hundred percent, and I still talk about it that I have um, bladder issues, and um, it really all started with this not 
so great relationship but I 100% agree with you that it's like you have to teach your body that and now I'm in a great relationship and and it's like you but I still and you're hearing you say it it's like a reminder that you have to constantly remind yourself at least for me like I'm safe yeah that's what it is Mm -hmm. it's just a it's the nervous system you know it doesn't feel safe Mm -hmm. so the more you can help yourself feel safe the better you Mm -hmm. know doing things that you love that soothe you finding joy you know a lot of people say well I'll be happy when I get out of pain right no doesn't work that way get happy now Mm. and your pain will go away because Mm -hmm. you you know just do things you love you know try to immerse yourself in things that bring you joy and make you feel safe you know like anything you can do to soothe yourself emotionally and just it is gonna really help you know and journaling is part of that meditating um and just showing up for yourself every day and kind of reminding yourself that like, I'm okay. And Mm -hmm. you know, look, like I'm not perfect. Like there's no cure. You know, Nicole says this all the time, you know, you can cure chronic pain, but there's no cure for pain. There's no cure for the human condition of pain. Like Mm -hmm. we're all going to feel pain at different points in our life for various reasons. Right. You know, and I'm not perfect. Like, you know, like there's still times where my pelvic stuff tries to come through and act up. And when it does that, it's like, now I kind of know, because I've been doing this for a while, that I need to think about how I'm feeling, you know, just from, I I need to remind myself that I'm safe again. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's a part of me that, you know, like, gosh, it's it's really interesting for me. Like, I've, I've started having so many dreams, like vivid dreams and nightmares and a lot of you know, a couple X's and it's funny. Cause it's like, I'm like, yeah, this is so related to this stuff, mm-hmm, you know, like mm-hmm. this keeps popping up. And, and I think that, you know, it, it's just showing me that it's like, it's still in there. There's still some stuff that I'm, you know, that's there that I need to kind of remind myself is not still happening and I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. Like I can let that go. Yeah. You know, I don't need to have these dreams about that again or relive it. You know, like it's it's over. I'm okay. And I think that that's kind of what's happened to me, honestly. I think that there's just some part of my my body and my brain and that just it's almost like the phantom pain, but it's like a phantom emotional pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's over, but it's like there's still but it's some there. stuff that's yeah. like there that like I need to let kind of go. Or it comes you know? back when something triggers it. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and that's that's trauma. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we can get triggered. Um, and I'm very communicative with my husband. I mean, I feel like for me that's been really important to just kind of share with him, like, things I'm learning or realizing about myself or feeling. And he's always so supportive, which just helps further help me feel safe. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, you know, if the if I have symptoms ever show up again, I'm not going to sit here and say they never will. I don't know. You know, I mean, overall, I feel like my life has completely transformed and I feel like I'm feeling great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't, I don't have symptoms like most of the time, but if something pops up, it's like, I mean, sometimes I can get it to go away in 10 minutes Yeah. because I'm just like, Oh, I know what this is. 
And so what do you do? Do you journal and meditate or you just tell yourself that, that, yeah, I mean, to me, it's a cue, like, okay, I have to, I, maybe I haven't done some emotional work in a few days. I need to do some emotional work. And that's what will happen. I think if you just stop completely because life there's triggers everywhere Mm -hmm. and we're always going to be triggered. Just making sure that we're always showing up for ourselves is the way that those triggers don't turn into chronic pain and symptoms. So, you you know, so I just, I, I'll journal or I'll, I'll make sure I'm doing the emotional work. But the biggest thing, honestly, is just the mindset. I don't let it scare me. Yeah. It pops up. I'm like, okay, hi, I see you. <laughs> Thank you. I know that you're trying to protect me. I'm good. And I'm going to go for a run now. Right. Because I'm not going to go into a fear and go lay down. Right. Because you're here. I'm going to go live my life. I see that you're here, but you're going to come with me. Mm-hmm. You're not going to stop the show. You know what I mean? Totally. You're just going to be along for the ride, and that's fine. And I see you, and you're there, and I can acknowledge you, but you're not ruining my day. Mm. And if you're so, if it's if the symptom is so loud that you feel like you do need to take it easy, then I'll just accept it. Okay? Right. Today's a day where I'm just going to kind of, I'm going to be with you. And we're going to journal and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to just soothe the shit out of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to go in the hot tub. I'm going to, you know, watch a funny show and I'm just, you know, it's a day for me. Mm. And that's okay. But I'm not going to focus on the pain. Right. I'm just going to focus on loving myself as much as I can. Mm -hmm. And it always goes away like pretty quickly, you know, like when that's happened, like sometimes it's quick, sometimes it takes a couple days, but it's like, it doesn't stop me. You know, that's the biggest thing is it doesn't stop me anymore. And, and it's probably was, that was probably one of the hardest places to get to was to teach is, yourself yeah. that it doesn't have to stop you and that you it's actually can heal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a process. It's, it's, you have to kind of train yourself a different way, you know? It's like, and it takes time because we've been trained our whole lives to think physical pain or symptom means physical problem. Mm. That's a lot of conditioning Yeah, that you have to kind of unravel. Right. And you almost have to throw it all out the window. Mm. You have to kind of be like, everything I've learned my whole entire life about pain, I need to kind of like throw it out the window and start something different. Yeah. And now it's like, it's changed my life in so many ways and I could go on and on and on, but it's like. You know, my daughter, the last couple of nights, she's had a stomach ache. And in the past, I would be like, what did she eat? What did we do? You know, I would, I would instantly think physical, physical. And right now I know there's something emotional going on. Yeah. Like, you know, we're actually in the process of, it's a crazy time to be doing this, but we're actually potentially going to move again. Mm-hmm. And so, and she knows, we've talked to her about it. And then she's had a tummy ache for two nights. Yeah. And it's like. She's processing some shit. Mm. She knows that there might be some change on the horizon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's, it's funny because she's only seven and she's like, well, maybe it was because I drank this or did that, you know? And it's like, yeah. she's already thinking it's something like that. And I'm like, no, let's just take some deep breaths and talk about what you're feeling. Yeah. You know? But it's so and interesting how, yeah. And we did that. And now last night she didn't have a tummy ache. It's so interesting she she did. how you so. can use the, the tool that you learned for yourself for other people. And I think that's such a big lesson and yeah. benefit of this work for 
everyone is that once you do it and you see that it works on yourself, then you start to use it to help everyone around you. Yeah, and it's amazing because I think everyone should do this work, whether you have chronic symptoms or not, because everyone, we all live in a mind-body system, and we all have this thing process that happens, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, people get headaches all the time. And they think that they're, you know, sometimes, yeah, maybe you are dehydrated. I don't know. But most of the time we think we're dehydrated or we're just, you know, I don't know. It's hormonal or it's this or it's that. And it's not to say that those things aren't real. You know, you can have a physical, you know, reaction to a physical process, of course. But I think so much of the time it's also really important to consider the emotional process um, first Mm -hmm. because, I feel like most of the time that's what it is. Yeah. You know, like, unless it's obvious, you know, you fell down and you twisted your ankle, like, yeah, it was the fall, Mm -hmm. you know? But when it's something where you're like, I don't know. I mean, so many times we get a symptom and we're like, hmm, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why my stomach's hurting. And then we start trying to figure it out. Just make sure that one of those questions is like, well, what am I feeling? What am I going through right now? You know, and I think that's all it takes. Yeah. And I, my last question for you is if you, if you had to say one thing, one takeaway, what would it be? But I, I mean, I'm, I'll let you answer the question, but yeah. that just segue perfectly because I think that at least what I've taken away from this episode, um, one of the things is that like, ask yourself, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you had to give one piece of advice, just well, one thing. Looking back, just, I, and this whole episode yeah. has been advice, so it's hard. Just it's hard for me to even ask well, you I that. One but thing that I just want to drive home because I get a lot of messages. I've been on Nicole's podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm very active in her community and curable, and you know, and everything. And so I get people reaching out to me all the time that have IC and that have pelvic pain and have been diagnosed and they have questions and they're scared and like the one thing that I want to say and I'm going to be pretty like I don't know like frank mm-hmm. is okay. that interstitial cystitis is a bullshit diagnosis mm. okay it's not really it's a term that these doctors came up with but they don't know what's really going on yeah and they'll tell you that Ask yeah. them, why yeah. is this happening? I don't know. That's happened to me multiple How times. How do I get better? I don't know. We can try this and this. So do, like, honestly, here's what I want to say. Dump your urologist. Dump your physical therapist. <laughs> you got this. Yeah. You can fix this. You can, honestly, there's nothing you even have to fix. Your bladder is fine. Your body is fine. Don't even say you have that diagnosis anymore. It's not, say you have TMS. Yeah. Because it's not, if you get hung up on these terms, that's just sending that message to your brain that something's wrong with me. I have this disease. No, you're stressed out Mm. your nervous system is freaked out that's all Mm -hmm. that's all this is you have tms tension myotosis syndrome or too much stress that's another (laughs) way you think of tms that's it it's a stress response that's all this is there's nothing wrong with your bladder and i know people will say to me well i have hunter's ulcers well guess what you know it's the same thing as like i said you know 
when you're embarrassed and your blood rushes to your face and your face turns red. I mean, if you're so freaked out and you're thinking about your bladder, like there's things that can start happening there, mm-hmm. but like it's not because there's something wrong with your bladder. Even you know, as Nicole Nicole says, like her, she so she has a condition called spon- how do you pronounce it? Spondylolisthesis. It's a yes chronic mm-hmm. spine condition, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. she says like all the time, her MRI is like her spine yeah. does not look right yeah. on an MRI. Right. But that's not she has no pain. What it, yeah. right? That's not what accounted for her pain. Right, exactly. So don't get fixated on that stuff because. I mean, you know, Nicole also says, like, pelvic pain is the ulcers of the 2000s. You know, remember when ulcers were a big thing, stomach ulcers, and it's all tied to stress, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, you have some, you know, that's a physical thing in your body that's tied to stress. So if you have ulcers in your bladder, I mean, come on, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's it's no different. Like, it's a stress illness. Mm -hmm. This is a stress illness. So address the stress. And you won't be ill. You're not ill. Yeah. You're just stressed out. Yeah. It's really like the more you can kind of wrap your head around that. Yeah. I don't tell people I have that. Yeah. That's what some doctor diagnosed me with. I don't believe in it. Mm. And I also don't have pelvic floor dysfunction. My pelvic floor is not dysfunctional. Like I'm fine. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. like you got to kind of re- train how you talk about this how you think about it and use different words and different language and it it makes a big difference and don't talk about it all day don't tell everybody what your symptoms are and how you're feeling because what you focus on will grow it will magnify you know if you're if you're constantly talking about you're constantly thinking about it your brain is basically like getting the message that this is important yeah and this is something that this person is scared about so i need to keep making these symptoms yeah you know Um, so that's, I mean, that's really the biggest thing is just like, don't focus on your diagnosis, throw it out the window, Hmm. start over, do Nicole's program, get the curable app, read the, read the books on TMS, look into Dr. Sarno and you'll be on your way. I promise you will be on your way. Whitney, you're amazing. There's a way out. Like, just know that. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I've literally in Nicole's group, she calls me the pelvic pain queen now because there's been so many girls that have come or women that have come into that group and they've posted and they're like, I'm scared. Will this work for me? I don't know. Here's what I got diagnosed with, blah, blah, blah. Here's all my symptoms. And I mean, there's some of these women I've messaged with them and I've talked to them and they've started doing the work. I mean, there was one girl who was literally like, she was on the verge of, you know, ending her life because Mm. she was just so, it's so much pain. And she was in Nicole's group and she posted and I reached out and we started messaging and we talked for hours over a couple of days. She started doing the work two weeks later. She was like, my symptoms have gone down 75%. Mm. I said, keep going. And you know, she had questions and she just, she kept doing it within two months pain free. Oh, and this is somebody who was in months of agony and was going to give up. So I'm telling you, you're not the exception, no matter how long your bladder or your pelvic has been hurt, area has been hurting or how short or how intense, you are not the exception to this. It can happen for you. It will happen for you. Don't let your mind tell you that you're different because I've at this point like seen it all. Like I've seen women 
who were severe, severe. And then I've seen women who like maybe their symptoms weren't that bad and it took a little longer, but they still all ended up in the same place, which is out of the cycle of pain. So, um, I just, it'll work. Like, oh my I God, Whitney, I, oh, this, this was like, so it was so interesting hearing all of this. Seriously, thank Good. you. Yeah. No, I just, so I helpful. People, because it I know, will. I know how it feels, and I know the despair and the fear, and I'm so grateful for whoever that chick was that commented, like, check out the Curable app because, it, like, that started me on my journey, and now I'm where I am, and I'm happy, and I'm, I'm taking risks, and I'm doing things that I was would have never done that I was scared before and it's it's all because of this and um it's also just changed my life in a lot of positive ways aside Mm -hmm. from my symptoms going away so um I'm happy you know my life is full and yours can be too and anyone listening um I promise (laughs) and I talk about this a lot on my Instagram yeah where can Um, everyone follow you my Instagram name is Positively Whitney, mm-hmm. and um, that's mainly where I'm active. Yeah, um, I, I I show up in Nicole's group a bit. I'm I'm actually an admin in her group now. So her group is the Journal Speak with Nicole Sachs LCSW. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a private group. It's not like the IC groups. It's nothing like that. It's all people doing this work, all kinds of different symptoms, but it's, it's a positive place and it's a truly healing group. There are people in there talking every day about how they're healing yeah. and they're sharing their success stories with this. So, um, yeah, there's nobody in there being like, take this pill, do this diet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if there is, they, we address that because that's <laughs> not, yeah, that's not what it's about. That's not the philosophy. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I I go on my Instagram and I I'll share things you know in my stories and stuff here and there um you know just I'm very open about this journey I've had because um, it's also helped me a lot with my anxiety too because anxiety is also a symptom Mm -hmm. um so I'm vocal about it and I'm always happy to connect with people there and help people out um Cause I, I just know what it's like. And it's yeah. one of those things when you've suffered and then you come out the other side, you know, that there's all these other people that are still stuck. And it's like, you just, you just want to take them with you, you know, know, like help them get out of it because it's not a fun place to be. Um, but yeah. Thank you, Whitney. We could go on forever, but the, I, I mean, we went on I so could. much longer than I thought, but it was all so important. It's not too long. No, it's not. And there was nowhere for me to even want to cut you off because everything that you said, I, I wanted to hear, I wanted to hear more of. So <laughs> thank you for sharing everything and just for being vulnerable and telling your whole story in great detail. Um, I want to hear from everyone listening how this resonated with them because it um, one million percent resonated very deeply with me. And I think that, you know, having Nicole on the podcast was so interesting, but that was a while ago and I haven't talked to anyone 
I mean, I def I haven't had anyone on the podcast who's done her work and who's healed from it. So I think that this was an amazing episode and it was just incredible to have you here explain all of this from a patient's perspective with pelvic pain and just getting to the other side from all of this. Um, so thank you again. And for everyone listening, you can contact us at the VHive at info at thevhive.com. And we will be back next week. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you for having me. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.